TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is Colossal Supremo. Go! The premier destination for soccer talk with Emmy Award-winning play-by-play man Dan Dewey and international soccer savant Rick Tittle. Work it, work it. Let's kick it off. Well, 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 we've got so much to talk about. The Champions League quarterfinals did not disappoint. But Le first, say keep the champions. Sorry. I cannot believe what I saw <laughs> yesterday. But first, welcome back. It's another edition of Go Golasso Supremo, Rick Tittle. Yeah, Jack Buck. And I don't believe what I just saw. One of the great calls of all time. Go crazy, St. Louis. <laughs> that was the other one. That uh, was. Ozzie Smith. That's exactly course. right. But I don't believe what I saw yesterday, Rick, as the Champions League quarterfinals were settled. The citizens, oh so close, yet quite frankly, oh so far away. Tottenham advancing on away goals after a stirring, an absolute Raheem stirring effort <laughs> by both sides. It's the kind of thing where it's the theater that we can't get anywhere else. First of all, our mundane lives of uh, the same routine every day. We go to a movie. We see it once. We know the ending forever. We just never know with sports dibs. That kind of drama, that kind of human theater, the, the passion, the failure, the triumph. But beyond all that was grandiose stuff. It was the first time in the history of the Champions League in the knockout stages that there were four goals sco- scored in the first 11 minutes. So they come down, they score immediately, and I'm a Tottenham fan, and you know how much I hate Danny Rose, who had an own goal yesterday. But anyway, you know how much I hate So they're playing Karen We'll get Trippier. to his soft play momentarily. I just, I, I just, there's nothing else to be said. He has pictures of Daniel Levy. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> when, when Sonny scored to make it 1-1, I'm out of my mind because now Man City needs to score three times. So then they need two more. And so then when he scored again, you think, oh, now they got to score four times. They did. Yes. And they got another one. And then Tottenham's so banged up. Harry Kane's already out. Musa Sissoko does his grind. He tries three times. It's like, all right, now you have to leave. And Urente, who is just a absolute oaf of a plotting donkey, <laughs> oh, sco- wow. scores with his hip. And I'll take it. And VAR showed. And at first I thought, did I hit his elbow? And I'm watching people, and they go, and they go, well, it's part of the body. I go, no, as a defender, I go, but you can't score with your arm, right? Even if it's tucked in, you can't score with your arm. And I watch and watch and watch, and I'm like, well, it didn't. If it did, it hit the hair on his elbow, and that would be pretty harsh to take a goal. Very away. harsh, I felt. Yeah. And so um, now Tottenham are ten minutes plus five of injury time away from going to the first ever semifinals. But as I was telling you, and we already knew, City score goals for fun. And Tottenham's defense outside of the middle two in Vertonghen and Alderweireld is very weak. So they come down, we're in the third minute of injury time. Christian Eriksen made what might have been the worst mistake of his life, you know, on our best player. Straight giveaway. He passed it back so that the fullback could clear it, but a City player sticks out his shin. It deflects to Aguero, who centers it for Sterling, who scores 
93rd minute, 90 seconds left, and it's over. And I pulled the blanket over my head. Oh, no. Because this is what Tottenham does. Full Linus, we call that. Full. <laughs> a full Linus, I not did. a half Linus. No. And then outside, I did a pig pen, and the dirt followed me. Oh, man. But I put the blanket over my head, and I, I didn't have any words. And then I peeked, and I saw the referee putting his uh, his finger to his ear. And I'm like, wait. And then the score- We call that doing a Marcy when she goes to Peppermint Patty and, and tries to keep it real. <laughs> Do you think Marcy had other ramifications going on? She could play both sides of the pitch, Rick, yes. Uh, okay. All right. She could play I, left I back. She could also play right back. Okay, I think we're in the same, yeah. Without a doubt. She could platoon against righties and lefties. Some players have an ability to hit all different kinds of pitches. God-given talent. But back to the pitch bless we her. go. Very good. She's yes. a cartoon character, but yes, God yes. bless her. And that bet. Midler movie pitches. Oh, that was beaches. No, <laughs> great. Anyway, effort. so um, they they go to the VAR. It said offsides. Now I still think in ninety seconds they're going to give up a goal. We, I say as a fanatic, over thirty years, Tottenham wins. I, I can't believe it. And then I I look to see if it was offsides, and technically it was because now if he's passing it back, it wouldn't have been. But once the player it hits his shin, and then it goes to Aguero, that is a pass from a Man City player to Aguero, who was in an offside position. So we were texting, and you said, the VAR gift. It's an absolute gift. But then I said to you, are the rules a gift? Especially you, because you're the only person I've ever heard in my life who's on the referee's side. You are very much a person, and I respect that, because the rest of us, we trash the hell out of officiating. Yes, it's incredibly difficult, the officiating that we ask these people to do in real time. And you have a situation where... You have a classic game, and it's going back and forth, and it comes down to a VAR decision that is made, in my opinion, without the optimum angle necessary to make this sort of decision. I don't think that you can see discernibly from the replay that that Aguero was in an offside position when the ball comes to him. The camera's never going to be good enough to where you're looking straight down the line and you're able to then see. It happens so quickly He's coming back to get himself onside. Mm-hmm. To me, this is the biggest problem with all instant replays. We take these moments that should be pure joy mm-hmm. and pure sadness, and we make everyone pause. Put a pin in that and wait while we have a guy make the imaginary square sign, mm-hmm. saunter over, and look at a video that, to me, is not quite clear enough to decide a match of this gravity. It's it's hard when you have the technology and then to say, we're only going to use it for this. And we've seen it in baseball when, I remember Bob Melvin said, this isn't what instant replay's for, for the bang-bang play at first base. You know, did his spike hit the bag before the ball got into the glove? That's a bang-bang play. Call him safe or call him out. I, I agree with you. But when it comes to offsides, I, I don't know what angle you looked at. The, the one I saw, it looked like he was a full step uh, offside. I'm looking at the high angle from mm-hmm. the side, and you know you can see from this angle that angle's a bad. I agree with you at that angle. I don't know if they had a chance to I, see a better angle. I had one. Moment. Maybe it was someone who was in the stands. I forgot where I saw it, but there are a lot of people now. They do their own Instagram video or whatever it is, Twitter video, and the angle I saw, I was like, oh my gosh! Now I know why they said, hold on, we need to look at this. It's like the Urente goal when he scored, and they go, hold on, we need to look at this. These people, and I got to say, I'm I'm with you on this because for once in my life, maybe the only time, they're doing their job. And their job is to nitpick and say that is and that isn't. And you're right. It disrupts the flow of the game, and it's unnatural. 
And the Premier League doesn't even have it. Right. They right. don't even have it. They'll have it next year. But all I have to say is um, I don't feel like Tottenham cheated them. To me, a gift is when Jeff Agoose centers it for Howard Borghetti to score at Estadio Azteca. Right. That's some dumbass giving you a gift. Or what but, uh, David De Gea did on Tuesday where he absolutely botched the, the strike. Yeah. And, uh, That's a gift. In the game against Barcelona. That was an absolute howler. That was a howler. And uh, De Gea in front of his uh, his home countrymen, maybe <laughs> serving one up to the hometown, <laughs> the hometown faithful in hopes that maybe he could eventually land there when Man U sells him off Do you next really summer. think that was going on? No, but I, I oh, think okay. you're in a situation where it was a ghastly mistake, but if you're going to make an error of that level and, like you say, a howler, you might as well do it at home. Yeah, but, if you're, but if you're trying to impress your new boss, you don't want to stink in front of him. You right? don't. You don't. Yeah. It's a little bit of conspiracy theory. But back to VAR. This is Galasso Supremo, Rick Tittle, Dan Dibley. We're going through the wreckage of a great quarterfinal match between Man City and Tottenham Hotspur. My and by the way, story time. I'm going to have my. I've seen Manchester City three times in person. I'm just going to do a little thumbnail on the three times because awesome. they're they're all in between each other some ten years. The we were talking about sports, but in that in that moment where because there were so many ups and downs, unlike a lot of things I've seen in, in my whole life. Um, but when they scored, when Raheem Scoring scored 93 minutes in. And then the the VAR says offside, and they still have 90 more seconds to keep them out. I went from when that goal went into, I hate sports, my Sharks choke in the playoffs, oh boy. my Raiders suck and they're run by idiots, the A's are cheap asses, I hate sports, to I hear the Titanic music, the Irish flute, here, <laughs> there, I, I love sports, oh, sports are so great. You're back, you're I'm back, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> Just like that. We yeah. are discussing the VAR call that overturned the goal that would have sent Manchester City through. And it's hard to say what side was more deserving because that game was an absolute cracker from the jump. If you want to say, you know, who deserves what, and in sports, I think you deserve what you get in yeah. the end. Agreed. But the last 10 teams to go to the Etihad combined scored two goals and Sonny scored two within four minutes. So if you want to just go on deserving the pluck, the Adere Esfacere of Tottenham. And Sonny Boy, as you like to call him, he was given an absolute freebie on his first one. That ball just fell right to him. He, he made the most of it. Mm -hmm. He slotted it home past the diving goalkeeper. It was a nice finish, but that was a sloppy play defensively by Man City. Yeah, and does it get any sloppier? than Danny Rose as a soccer player. No, he, he made a little bit of a gap. He's poison. Everything be, <laughs> he touches. <laughs> I'll be honest, I was watching it, and the ball kind of bibbly bobs through his legs <laughs> and goes in for the goal, and I'm thinking, I cannot wait <laughs> until Golasso Supremo when my man can go on his uh, anti-Danny Rose rant. Well, if they had lost, I mean, it, it's it's... If you think about how pathetic it all would have been, but the good thing is we don't have to talk about that now. And and I'll say this for Manchester City, who have won the league recently, who are still playing on three more fronts. Um, this is the first time champion uh, the, the Tottenham has been in the last four. And they're not going to have Kane in the first leg against Ajax. They're not going to have Sonny. Who's, yeah. They're not going to have Sissoko, you'd probably think. And you know Yellow what, card accumulation, right, for exactly. both. Exactly. And right now I couldn't care less. But And I'll tell you what about Ajax. There's certain times in sports, like I think about when the Blackhawks with uh, Jonathan Taves, who was their captain at 20. Yeah. How can that happen? Delight, the fullback who scored the goal, 
He's their captain. He's 19 years Fantastic old. effort for uh, Ajax in that win. And, you know, you look at that game and the win over Juventus, and they dominated the second half. They had the run of play. They had the higher quality chances. So you and I talked about it last week. Was it flukish that they had a better result at home? Are they going to go to Italy and, and get beaten down? Because it seems like these northern teams, when they get down to Spain and Italy and Portugal, it's tough. But Ajax went in there, and they showed real determination, and they showed that they belong in this Final Four in the Champions League. They do, and it's it's amazing. You say, how can a kid be a leader at 19? And, and I say, because they're born that way. I mean, a guy is that take charge and is that much of a leader and backs it up at 19. It's, it's the thing they say in soccer, which they say in hockey and sometimes in baseball too, and that is if you're good enough, you're old enough. So they're going to go. Um, it's going to be the first leg for Tottenham. At uh, in North London on April 30th, and I believe March 8th at the Ax- Amsterdam Arena, which is ne- they now call the Johan Cruyff. Yes, May 8th. Uh, exactly. May, May 8th, I should say, um, at the Johan Cruyff. So it's funny. I was doing a show last night with your boy Ryan Covey. Okay. And a guy calls up and says, uh, "What's up with a small team like Ajax?" I'm like, "Ajax is the antithesis of a small team." Right. Think about the four Ajax players that Tottenham is going to be bringing there: Alderweireld, Eriksson, Sanchez, and Vertonghen. I mean, All former Ajax players. Yeah. Okay. They 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 create players, they sell them, and yet they still are sustainable. The hippies and the farmers markets would love Ajax. Yes. They are very sustainable. They they are sustainable, <laughs> and they can be had at a decent price too. Exactly, with wood instruments and chimes. It is Golasso Supremo, Rick Tittle, and Dan Dilby. We'll take a look at the Premier League table here. We've only got four games left for Liverpool, five for Man City. Interesting the way things might play out as it pertains to what we saw in the Champions League because Man City and Spurs with another tangle and another entanglement. Mm-hmm. Sonny Boy and Young Min Son will be able to play in that one. We'll see exactly what Tottenham rolls out knowing full well that they've got Champions League semifinals. The other side of the bracket, Rick, Barcelona, a dismantling of Manchester United. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, it's been pretty impressive this spring and even into the winter this year. But was it just a case of them meeting their match against Barca? Yeah, it's not so much a indictment against Man United. I didn't think they were good enough to get as far as they did this year. Now, you can't really have that sort of magnanimous take at this point. You're going to let it settle in in the offseason. I think what he did is a tremendous job. And you know, you're dealing with you know the greatest player of all time and Lionel Messi. Ooh, or, or what least. a great goal. The first goal, two touches with the left. The talisman knows mm-hmm. exactly where to put that ball, side netty, 1-0, start the bus. And in, it didn't matter that uh, Rom-Com was on the bench for Man U, Rom- Romelu Lukaku, and they had Mata on the bench, and all kinds of Alexi Sanchez on the bench as well. They went with the speed lineup. They couldn't get the counter going, and they were just overmatched in that one. By the way, my favorite Rom-Com, Notting Hill, by the way. Make sure to check it out if you haven't seen okay. it yet. Um, I'm more of a four weddings and a funeral guy. <laughs> Almost the same cast. Yeah, I guess. The, um, Hugh Grant. Any Hugh Grant movie, <laughs> you just throw that out and uh, and hope for the best. Yes, Hugh Grant watching that game probably at the end said, beastly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway, getting back to the Prem, you could say, if you want to look at load management, LeBron, is the fact that Liverpool is still fighting in Europe and now Man City, Man- Manchester City burning, fuming mad will now turn the attention on the other 19 teams in the Premier League. Maybe this is the worst thing that could have happened to Liverpool. I suppose, but when you look at the fixtures that they have upcoming, it's Cardiff, 
it's Huddersfield, mm. it's Newcastle, and it's Wolves. That's so, what Liverpool has? That's what Liverpool has remaining. Oh, my Two gosh. Of those Wolves is home. the only, yeah. And Wolves has been a great story, but they probably won't be that motivated in the 38th fixture of the year. I think that their fate <clears throat> is already basically set. They're sitting uh, tied for seventh with Leicester. They aren't in a position where they can get up to Europa, so you wonder what Wolves might put out. And does that speak to the... I guess the unwritten rules of the Premier League is a side like Wolves who will be playing for next to nothing, maybe staying in the top 10, which is something. It's something not of great significance, but it's at least something. Is there an unwritten rule about giving your best when you're going up against a team that is going for the title? Yes, and I think, with, especially with their Brazilian yes. coach, I think that Wolves, Marv Albert, will be giving a full effort in that last game. They play with such pride. And if they go on a run... I think they can get into the Europa League if they run the table the rest of the way here. Um, They're 17 points back of Man U, oh, okay. who is sixth. Okay. And Chelsea's, Chelsea's fifth, and they're 19 back at Chelsea. All right, I didn't so. realize that. I thought it was more like 12. Okay, yeah. you're right. So, But um, you think about all those years at Molyneux where they were on the outside looking in. You might remember at Italian 90, the, uh, the English team had one guy from the second division. That was Steve Bull. He was a striker from Wolves. So they could get a guy on the World Cup team, but they couldn't get into the top flight. Wow. So I think they will give them their full, uh, their full effort. But that's the great thing about the Premier League. You take your eyes off the prize just for a second, and you get clipped, L.A. Story time with Uncle Ricky coming up in just moments. But first, the Man City run. And it all starts in just a couple of days at the Etihad. It's Man City and Spurs not part uh Na part deux, part trois. The third meeting in, what, 10 days? What if uh, they come in and someone does a Steph Curry line Cleveland and says, hey, it still smells like champagne oh, in here? Oh, <laughs> that would hurt a little bit. And that did bite Steph in the butt. And do, you, do you pop bottles when you advance out of the quarterfinals in Champions League? No, you do a little dance is what you do. And I, I'll never forget, there's a great... Every, you make a little love. And you yeah, get down you tonight. you get down tonight. Thank a little you. Casey. You, of course. You know, the... Um, Every World Cup has an official film. And one of my favorites, even though Argentina, who I don't like, and they beat my team in the final, um, Argentina won Mexico 86. Hand and, of God, right? And uh, it was. It was the Hand of God game against England. That was uh, earlier. But still, the, uh, the film at the end, Argentina came out to do a dance in the locker room there at the Estadio Azteca. And two things I remember it. The song was this. Argentina, Argentina, campeón. Argentina, Argentina, campeón. Argentina, Argentina, campeón. But as they're panning the crowd, three guys are bottomless and their wang dang doodles are going, Argentina, Argentina, campeón. Up and down. To the beat. To the beat. And to the were, beat, y'all. And they were, and you don't stop. To the break of break of, of dawn. Yeah, and I thought, or something else. therein lies our cultural differences because American would say, Put some pants on. Don't dance with your yes. wang-dang doodle going up and down. Rock out with your sock out, is, I believe, <laughs> all, the old, uh, age-old expression, yeah. Wig out with your twig out. Oh, you know, it's it's great, though. When you win a World Cup, you know, to, as we go back to uh, Joe Buck again, mm -hmm. go crazy, Argentina. Go crazy. You can do whatever you want with your, as you would say, knob. Yes. But so the Tottenham did a little dance. Po they, there's some, say, Pochettino comes in, and he's pounding the dry erase board. This was... You know, it was, it was very, it was very emotional. Obviously, I mean, for the fans, we we died a thousand deaths. We had a million paper cuts, and Tottenham, for the first time in my life, came out on the good side. It's pretty exciting, and Tottenham now with a chance in the Champions League semifinals, going up against Ajax, which is 
quite frankly, very winnable, even without Young Minson in the first game and no Harry Kane throughout. The other side, a true clash of the Titans with Liverpool taking on Barcelona, the first meeting at, at the new camp, Camp New, and then back to the Emirates in the return fixture. Do you know what I love about the Camp New? Every seat is a season ticket. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's just like, wait, There's what? no walk-up. There's no walk-up. Now, you can get them on the market. Sure. But still, every seat is a season ticket. Good tickets not still available, <laughs> as we like to say in the business. Run, don't walk. I don't know if they hand out those, you know, the MLB, that you get those black cards where you get into any stadium your, right, whole, your right. whole life. I don't know if they have those in Spain. Probably not yeah. uh, for Spain at that level. Right. I do want to ask you about Man City's run before we get into story time, because you're going to tell us about going to see the citizens. Mm -hmm. They got the Spurs on Saturday. We talked about that. It's going to be a very tough match. You know Man City's looking for It's an important match for, for Tottenham, too, to, to stay in the Champions League for next year. It's important. Yes, it is, and it's uh, <coughs> it's one that they're going to take very seriously. Then it's the Derby, Wednesday, April 24th, six days from now. So we'll have a chance to talk about the Manchester Derby next time on Golasa Supremo. Then they go to Burnley. They host Leicester. And then they go to Brighton. Five matches left for Man City. But is it really about the first two more than anything? You probably think, but we've seen this before. When two teams, three teams are going to possibly win the championship, they bring the trophy and then the replica to those stadia. So they will be down on the south coast at Brighton and Hove Albion with the Premier League trophy to present to them on that day if they win it. And it'll probably think they'll bring it to where Liverpool's playing as well just so they can say, here it is. And you go, how'd you get it there so fast? It's like they have a couple. They have a couple different <laughs> yes, ones. They do. That's nice. It's good to know because yeah. I would be one of the people to ask that question like, <laughs> right. man, is there like a time machine or something? <laughs> Someone's in an AWACS. How the heck You're are they doing there? that? <laughs> Zipping on over. It's uh, Saturday morning, the early game, Man City and Spurs, and then, mm -hmm. of course, uh, next week, it's Wednesday, the Derby, Man City and Man U. So for, for Manchester City, it's quite a week, quite a seven-day, eight-day stretch where you've got the Classic against Tottenham, and you turn around, you've got another one against Spurs, and then you play the Derby, three matches in eight days. How much will this test and tax a very deep Man City team? Well, I mean, this is when, when you're fighting on four fronts, like they were, they answered the call every single time and they were a shin and a VAR away from doing it again yesterday. So, but that's the other thing too. I'm watching the game and Tottenham are warming up Oliver Skip, 18 years old. Wow. And Fernando Llorente. And then I look at their team and, and Mares. They have another set of internationals on the bench. Just waiting. Just waiting. Rian Mahrez, he can't even crack the 11. That guy is such a fantastic player. And so I'm just thinking, they. I'm not even, I'm not even mad because they have two teams. But you have to if you're going to be this ambitious, and I admire them for that. Man City, of course, uh, May 18th in the FA Cup against Watford, one of the fronts that you were discussing yeah, that they're the fighting final. on. Yeah, the final, yeah. So a chance to still... Go uh, Hornets. Yeah, and you know, Man City still can get the treble with the, the FA Cup, mm -hmm. the Premier League, League title, and of course, my favorite, the Carabao Cup. And don't forget, treble is Elbert spelled backwards. I did not know that. Rick Tittle, Dan Dibley, <laughs> Golasso Supremo, the Palindromes, and the other word uh, games are free. Race car. As is the, uh, the podcast, quite frankly. Madam, I'm Adam. That's right. Palindromes. That's good. Also, the new Amazon show, Hannah. Very good. Very good. Rick, it's this time 
of the program, my favorite time where I get to sit back and have you tell me a story. Uncle Ricky, tell me a story. Tell me about your days traveling the great globe, watching soccer, and taking in the sights of Manchester City. Well, I have seen Manchester City three times in Thrice. person. Thrice, the trouble. The first time I saw them was actually the first time I got to see Tottenham in person. It was a dream come true to finally go to White Hart Lane in October of 1991. They were playing Manchester City. Manchester City won that game 1-0. It was Peter Reed, the old England player. He was their captain. Gray hair. They were wearing maroon with black socks. Uh, Niall Quinn, the Irishman, scoring the goal. Something for a lot of people to remember who are younger is that Man City, you talk about living in a shadow. It is like Lakers Clippers in a way. And you can say, well, Man City, you know, back in the 70s and, you know, 81, they lost to Tottenham in the FA Cup final. That was the Ricky Villa Tottenham game. And so they had spurts. They had some, you know, summer bees and some other good players on that team. But they lived in a massive shadow. And I remember when I went to um, Manchester in 2001 to see the FA Cup semifinal between Arsenal and Tottenham at the at Old Trafford. Here's the theater of the dream theater of dreams. I went over to look at Main Road, Main Road, and remember Manchester City got relegated two years in a row. They went down to third grade football. Wow, third grade football as they called it. And I remember that uh, they had a girl walking out of the stadium wearing her sky blue kit. And they go, what do you think about getting relegated back-to-back years? And she goes, I get knocked down, but I get up again. (laughs) She starts singing that stupid song. Great. So anyway, she starts singing that song, and they lived in such a shadow. But just like Chelsea, when they got a billionaire Russian, and they started, as they redid Stamford Bridge, they started buying all these players. Then you take Eastlands, the city of Manchester Stadium, now the Etihad, and you get this money from the Persian Gulf, and you can buy two sets. Manchester City forever was in that shadow. So that was in my mind when I saw Man City. I'm thinking, how do you lose to Man City, which is the second team in Manchester? That was in 1991. I saw them again 11 years later at White Hart Lane again. Manchester City came to town. This is when Claudio Reyna, the American, was playing for them. I got there very early. I was in the front row during warm-ups. Paulo Wanchop, you might remember him, the Colombian international. I was wearing some shades and he came over and he went like this, like, and I go, do you want to borrow my shades? And he just went, no, no, cool shades. Nice. And I go, thanks. And then Stuart Pierce, one of my heroes of the England team, foreign knots forest fullback. He kicked a ball. He was an assistant coach at that time and it rolled to me. And then I threw it to David James, who at that time was the England number one in between the sticks. It was very fun. And then Tottenham won one to nothing at Jermaine Defoe, Defoe goal. Then some years later, after they got this uh, money and they started getting a lot of good players, and they came to AT&T Park. And I was in this little media group where they came through and they were shaking all of our hands. One guy big-leagued me, and I'll tell you who it was. They're going through. It's Ed and Jekko. It was Traore. Some of these guys. This is like six years ago. Yeah, they're all coming through. David Silva. Hmm. Nose in the air. David Silva? Yeah. We prefer David. David Silva. Thank you. Pana, he puts his nose in there and he looks the other way, walks by. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. The diminutive David Silva. <laughs> I'm like, what do I, I'm not here trying to get a selfie with you. Right. I just, we're all, you're shaking everybody's hand. Everybody else is doing, I just thought it was kind of weird. Like, no, I don't want to. That's very rude. Yeah. Unless so, it's a Howie Mandel germaphobe <laughs> situation. Very good. Could be. He may have just, you know, I don't know what Spanish is for germaphobe, but perhaps he, 
He was one who didn't like human I'd contact. I'd probably say kind of Schoonheit. That would be German. I don't know how Spanish that is. I, I put that's that means no healthiness. Oh, there you that's have it. That's all I could come up with. It's Golasso Supremo. A few more minutes here with Rick Tittle, the savant, and Dan Dibley, the soccer jackal. I do want to ask you about some Gold Cup intrigue. The U.S. getting ready to battle it out this summer in the Gold Cup, which I believe is right here in the good old-fashioned U.S. of A. Greg Berhalter, the new manager of the side, has announced they'll take on Venezuela in a friendly before the start of the Gold Cup. What do you make of where the national team is heading into this this competition that's not completely without meaning, and it's a little bit of a litmus test competition, I think. Well, listen, um, I'm still a little bit down on the team. I've come around to where I'm paying some attention after missing up missing out on a World Cup cycle. Um, I I like Burl Halter as a guy. I got to interview him once. He was a pretty good player, and he's coached here. But yet again, you have an American coach, which I think is an idiotic thing to do. They've got some good youngsters. But right now, Team USA is about as relevant to me as Chapter 11 for the Alliance of American Football. Ooh. I just, it's it to me, it is just a minnow in the Pacific Ocean right now. They need to show me a little bit more. They need to at least get to this Gold Cup final. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep locking them in the box of, you guys still don't get it. You know, they hire uh, this, this guy, uh, was it Carlos Cordero, to take over from... Um, Sunil Galati, his right-hand man, who said he hadn't seen soccer until he was 50, and he's running the United States Soccer Federation. And he's only 48, so <laughs> that's a little troubling in and of itself. The only thing I like was that they got Ernie Stewart in to sort of be the GM, and he picked Burhalter and some of these kids I like, and the results are good. So I have one eyebrow raised. Okay, good. One eyebrow. And I'd like to get another up, and we'll see once the Gold, gold Cup gets gone. But if you tell me to name the 11... This is like the first time in my life. I don't know. Right. You could be hard-pressed to name five or six <laughs> I, even yeah, not, right, of not, the starting 11. You're right. I'm with you, Rick, and I, I'm trying to get to the same place. And reminds me of uh, Dory from Finding Nemo. Oh. You talked about the small minnow in the giant ocean. you got to just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Swim, swim, swim. Swim, swim, swim. So that's where the team is right now. you got to put behind you the massive global embarrassment and disappointment of not qualifying for the last World Cup and turn your attention to competitions like this to try to right the ship. Now, Group D, not exactly a murderer's row. I don't know if you would call this the group of death with Guyana, Trinidad, and Tobago, which against whom you've struggled TNT. in the past, and uh, Panama. Those games will be in Minnesota, Cleveland, and Kansas City, respectively. So it's right to assume that they'll make it out of group. And I, I like what you're saying about final or bust. It'd be great to win the cup. But at least get to a point where you're playing meaningful matches against quality teams. I, I want to see the people who do this for a living have properly sussed out who our good young players are because we can all see Christian Pulisic. You don't need to be a genius. I want to see the guys who have gone, hopefully, to the inner cities to, I mean, look where they found uh, uh, Zardis, Cal State Bakersfield. Do that. Go everywhere. Leave no un. Leave no stone unturned, or are you just looking at who were the All-Americans in NCAA soccer? Because if you're just doing that, you're Bob Gansler all over again. Old Bob Gansler. Wasn't sure if he was going to make it in the pot or not. <laughs> Unfortunately, no uh, Gold Cup action here in the Bay Area. Yeah, You can go down to L.A. if you want to drink in some of the action as the Gold Cup comes I, back. I went to summer. San Diego in the summer to see Tottenham play Internazionale. 
at the old Jack Murphy. I'll go down to L.A. for Southern California for that, not this. Not this? Not not the Gold Cup? It doesn't totally... Copororo! I don't know. It sounds better when you say it like that. It's kind of like we were saying yesterday, the African Cup of Nations are Coupe de Frit. Coupe de Frit. She's a very freaking guy. Yeah. <laughs> the kind you don't bring home to Mada. There it is. Can you guys shut up in there? This was a production of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.